You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the APC Podcast here at ActuPackingDumbly.com. Alex Patakis, Ben Foldy, Zach Rapport here with you. Recapping a season-ending disappointing loss to the hated Chicago Bears. Uh, you can get at all of us at our names. Those are our Twitter handles, at Alex Patakis, at Ben Foldy, at Zach Rapport. But more importantly, at the APC pod on Twitter. We're going to be talking a little bit about where the Packers go from here now that we have something that we're very, very unaccustomed to, two weeks of meaningless football. The first of which I'm very upset about because they happen to be coming here in New York City, yeah. where we broadcast from, and we were all looking forward to taking a nice little December 23rd trip to MetLife Stadium to watch Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. And now I don't even know if we're going to be watching Aaron Rodgers. Like I said, we'll talk about that. But I'm pissed off about that, man. Yeah. That's pretty disappointing. Yeah. Well, uh, next season. Yeah, they play at the Giants next year, so we'll get another trip uh, to MetLife, and maybe we'll just have to, uh, we'll have to save it for them. Um, anyway, I'm going to rely on you guys heavily to describe and put me in, you know, put me in your seat to, uh, as far as like how it felt to watch the Packers season come to a, uh, an end at the hands of the bears, something we're used to doing to them. We're not having, we're not used to them having them do that to us. Cause I did not see much football this weekend. I will admit instead I was watching a four act Harry Potter extravaganza <laughs> awesome. uh, <laughs> in Times Square, which actually was really fucking awesome. Uh, I will say, but this is not a, uh, Harry Potter podcast, so we're going to stick to football. So what was that like, guys, watching the uh, Packers disappoint yet again? They, it was a close game that they never seemed like they were going to win. And yeah. I sort of feel like that's the Bears' style this season. Is it's also the of style a, of a lot of the Packers' games this year. But yeah, the, But the Bears' specific, I mean, it's like kind of similar to how they played the Rams. Like, it's this kind of suffocating uh, defensive. Like the, like, the offense never really got into a rhythm. Not that they weren't kind of keeping pace on the scoreboard. Right. But there was no real, like, sustained offensive success. And it always felt like they were kind of one mistake away from the whole thing falling apart, which is, again, also kind of how the Packers have felt for a lot of the season. Yeah. So, like, one play away from a tie game or one crucial mistake away from the game just falling apart being yeah. like over and and <laughs> and the uh and the bears like to their credit i think are really good at playing that kind of game this season yeah um, it seems kind of their their do you, mo do you come away from it though like feeling at all uh like there is because because the thing about the rams game that was kind of tough to swallow is that yes the record is so great and granted they did get beat again by an eagles team who again who knows how good they are we're, we're in week 15 we're heading into week 16 and we still don't understand if any of these teams are actually good but what was so frustrating about the Rams game was like you never felt like there was actually a huge gap between the Rams who seemed like the best team in football and the Packers yeah. who seemed like a very disappointing team like can you now confidently say as much as it may pain you like the Bears are just 
better than the Packers, and they're actually good. Oh, they're definitely better than the Packers. Yeah, I mean, but I are they think... like? Can you, do you can you see them beating somebody? Like, is that I can see them winning suck a playoff to watch game them, or like, two? Win a game? They're not going to win the Super Bowl. Well, no, but they're going to win a. They're, they're, they, I think they could easily win a playoff game. Yeah, I mean, if their defense shows up, they can beat uh, really anybody. I think, and it showed up pretty much every game. I mean, the real question is like. Does Trubisky, is Trubisky, like, fine, or is Trubisky bad? Right. And if Trubisky's fine, they're probably okay. You know, and Blake Bortles got the Jaguars to the AFC Championship last season, right? And right. almost won it. So, yeah, I mean, if the Bears can do that, which I think they can, they're in a pretty good position to be, a, you know, a solid a solid playoff contender. I'm actually pretty excited about the um, the Rams' loss because I— prefer the the saints to have home field advantage because i feel like if that happens i can confidently say like nobody's going to go to new orleans and beat that team where i feel like anyone could go to la and win which would bother me because if like if i had to see bears rams in la and the bears win that game like on on you know uh like a stadium half full of bears fans yeah exactly on championship sunday like that seems like something that could actually happen uh i don't see that being something that could happen if they have to go to new orleans so i'm like Basically, at this point, I'm I'm just a Saints fan, which I think at some point last year, I remember on the podcast, we also kind of mostly agreed that we were going to just be Saints fans, especially when they went into that game against the Vikings. So that's now like my rooting interest is nobody suffer an injury on the Packers that's actually going to linger into next season. And let's go Saints, because I just don't want the Bears to end up winning the NFC, because then who knows what will happen in the Super Bowl now that there seems to be a lot of beatable teams in the AFC as well. Yeah. You care that much if the Bears like go deep in the playoffs? Or I win mean, the like, Super Bowl? fine, they can have I their don't run, care. but like, uh, I mean, it's I. I will say this: it's not going to really like keep me up at night. But I would still rather every other team in the postseason, unless the Vikings are one of those teams, win. I in fact, that. I think I would rather have the Bears win than the Vikings win. There's something about the Vikings, and I don't want the Vikings to be rewarded for like for making a dumbass signing and paying Kirk Cousins all that money. And and like, I'd rather see that blow up in their face. Then see Mitchell Trubisky blow up in the Bears' face. I think I'd rather watch the Bears play than the Vikings at this point. Yeah, yeah the that's Bears are a more too. interesting team to watch. Yeah, earlier in your intro, you'd sort of ask like, "How did it feel for us to watch, especially against the Bears, sort of our fe- season fall apart?" And I just like, I don't, I don't, I don't hate the Bears as much as I hate the Vikings. I don't. I agree. I mean, I, yeah, that's an interesting thing. I, I never really hated the Bears because yeah. they were mostly pathetic for most of my life as a Packers fan, but also. I didn't think I hated the Vikings until recently. I mean, I hated them when I was young. It's that horn, I really man. hated them. And, but horn. I hate the horn. <laughs> I hate their new bird-killing monstrosity of a stadium. Um, and I love Stefan Diggs, <laughs> so it's kind of annoying that I have to hate the Vikings yeah. as a squad. But they're pretty unlikable, and their fans are pretty unlikable. There's the there's players on the Vikings that I like, but all in all, yeah, they're still they're still. I mean, they're definitely, they're definitely a little less hateable since jared allen left but they're still they're still up there <laughs> yeah yeah that's uh that's fair and and maybe you wanted like to tune in and hear a couple of packers fans being really pissed off uh like oh you know we still had a chance we were still alive we lost to the bears fuck the bears but like at this point i mean i feel like i've been kind of resigned to the packers fate for weeks and yeah. it was like yeah. kind of funny that they were still in it but it was didn't really have it had nothing to do with them. I, like, I will say this all. though: I do not actually want the Bears to do very well because the no, last no. Bears fan that I like actually encountered in person was this guy at the barbershop who like was like kind of he really did look like the bad guy in a John Hughes movie. <laughs> he had like kind of quaffed yeah. blonde hair and like 
I don't know. He probably works in finance. He was like very well dressed. He, he called everybody in the barbershop, boys, you know, what up, boys? And, uh, and, oh, then, goody. And, he, and then he had this really loud cell phone conversation about how this was like the day after the Rams uh, Chiefs, yeah. either Thursday night or Monday night the game. The point explosion. And he was complaining about it loudly. He's like, I'm from Chicago. I like defense, like Monsters of the Midway. Oh, and I was just God. like, oh my God, please die. Like, you are the worst person I've encountered in months. Can yeah. I give a, a counter to that story? Yeah, go for it. Uh, I watched the game at Tom and Jerry's this weekend, and there was a Bears fan there who was wearing a Packers shirt because he was there with his, he's a Bears fan, he was there with his girlfriend who uh, is a Packers fan, and they made a bet uh, in, during the first game, and so he was there honoring his end of the bargain, which was to wear Packers gear and to take a photo and post it on social media, and we had some fun with that. Well, Wa- respect to that guy. Waffles the dog was there and was in- involved in the photograph. Did he get to eat a bratwurst? I'm not sure he did, actually. Oh, loser. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> Thinking yeah, about I mean, that moment, though, how sad is it that that was the high point of our season in week one? <laughs> like the first oh, night say of taking a picture with a dog. Oh, no, no. No, um, the game itself, yeah. Yeah, just like the Aaron Rodgers comeback. I mean, That's that was like a pretty the, sick game. Yeah. It was a like, sick game. Like in the grand pantheon of... of you know, emotional roller coasters. That was pretty, pretty high up there. One thing before we get to uh, some some notable nuggets from the game. Uh, one thing that is actually notable: Aaron Jones has now been placed on injured reserve, effectively ending his season. See you a later. season where he showed a lot of promise, which was cool because uh, a lot of people were waiting to see, like, can he live up to this hype that seemed to surround him by him being the best playmaking running back? Which I feel like, yeah, he probably is. Aaron Jones is very good. You yeah. know who else had a good game? Jamal Williams. Sure did. I like but, both. I mean, he's obviously, I mean, it was a lot more, uh, a lot of that came on like draws on yeah. second down and like yeah. obvious passing situations. Like it wasn't so much that Jamal Williams did anything spectacular. So I, I'm not by yeah, any he means had a lot of He had a lot of tough guy plays. I yeah. would love to, uh, I know we had Jamal Williams on last off season and he referenced kind of his friendship and everything, how they're roommates with Aaron Jones. We got to find like, they team up for some event over the summer. Uh, in the offseason. We got to try to get them both on. I think that would be uh, really fun. Uh, but healthy competition in the backfield. Both are good. Both will be on the team next year, we presume. And uh, both should and, and likely will play. Uh, what are the notable nuggets that you guys got before we talk a little bit of what the Packers should do for the remaining two weeks of the year? My notable nugget is Jimmy Graham. And I feel like I Uh-oh. I cursed as, as I knew I was doing when I talked about it at the beginning of the season when we talked about like what we're excited about about this team. Uh, I warned myself out loud as I was describing it to you guys. I was excited about the tight end position. I always I always allow myself foolishly to get excited about the tight end position going into every year and I'm always always let down. And this year I've been a Jimmy Graham defender, but I just can't abide another big play opportunity doinking off of his hands mm-hmm. and I get that he has a big goofy cast on his thumb. And if you actually like, if you really see a picture of what that thing looks like, it is absurd that he's even out there. And that's a, a decision that is beyond me, him starting over, over other people. It probably says how they feel about big Bob Tanyan and, and others, but he gets paid elite tight end money and he's got to make, he's got an opportunity. I think in essentially every game, Aaron Rodgers has given him uh, whether it was uh, at the goal line or in the end zone or near the red zone, a 20 to 30 yard big play catch opportunity. I feel like uh, I didn't go back and watch all the tape, but I feel like he had that opportunity in essentially every game so far right. and missed it every single time. 
and it's just so annoying. And then, of course, he'll have, you know, some meaningless 20 to 30 yard gain up the middle in the third quarter that ultimately doesn't matter, but makes you remember, oh, yeah, he's there and is still like a player on the team. But overall, I'm just so disappointed with his lack of reliability in those big play moments. And a few of those go his way and that's a few more touchdowns and honestly a few more wins and we're probably talking about a team that is still contending for the playoffs honestly there's a lot of different things throughout the season i think that you can that you can say that right about and maybe it's actually merciful that we <laughs> don't have to talk about the playoffs of this team because we've uh, at this point because we've decided that the team is bad but nonetheless sorry to ramble i'm just disappointed in jimmy graham yeah no i think that's i mean i think you're right i think when you think back it's it's one thing when if you if you make this free agent signing and it, you're thinking back and you're like ah oh, there's not really any memorable jimmy graham plays from the season like he's not being thrown to whatever it's there are memorable plays they're all the plays he didn't make which is yep. super frustrating rogers wants to feed him the ball yeah it's very obvious and it would be one thing um if he weren't so one-dimensional and maybe he brought value as a like not even value like this guy's an exceptional blocker but he that was he, another thing i he wanted can't to say do anything else yeah other than catch the ball so if he if he can no longer catch the ball then it just feels like yeah we were talking about oh it's a wash with jordy nelson uh, signing, you know, letting Jordy go and signing one. Now it's just a total loss. Yeah, you you reminded me of another component in my nugget that I missed, which is just his his lack of willingness to block like a professional football player. He it strikes me, and I'm not a film junkie, but when I watch it, when I watch him on plays where he has a blocking assignment or a short route that is uh, not the featured route, I just see laziness. I don't know how else to describe it. Just lazy play just soft edges yeah just terrible not even trying to block just really disappointed yeah disappointed and I, and I think I remember oh man I'm pretty sure it was uh Dan Orlowski right who was who did the film breakdown of Jimmy Graham and like how his routes or was it Ben Fennel I think his it was routes ben... were soft and rounded out like and... how we, yeah like a lot of these like you know route concepts that they're running are dependent on Jimmy Graham like being you know any like anyone being sharp and Jimmy Graham is like running defenders into the throwing lanes just by totally doing what you're talking about and just being like a lazy ass like these are all things that we knew would be an issue with Jimmy Graham though, yeah right? I know like, but these that's... are all things that we Last, you know, whatever, in the spring when this signing was announced and Jordy right. was gone, like, I don't think any of us were that in favor of this signing. Well, it's not just him. I mean, there's, no, like, true. a lot of, like, intricacies. Like, those, that I find interesting because it's like, well, Rogers talks about not being sharp and maybe how he hasn't been as good. But, you know, what is actually going I mean, it seems like there's a million little things that to the naked eye you would never see that are actually going horribly wrong that make the difference in, like, this team going, like, 10 and 6, 11 and 5 or just having a, you know— a basically a wasted year in the middle of Rogers prime. So, yeah. uh, and Jimmy Graham is a big part of that. Uh, Ben, what's your, uh, big takeaway or notable nugget from, uh, Packers bears, a Cleo Mac back sack. <laughs> that was impressive. No, the special <laughs> teams are still bad. Ron Zook should be uh, fired. Oh, man. How does that guy I don't, I don't really job? believe in like, uh, you know, whatever. I think in any normal context, everyone should have their job and no one should try to get anybody fired. <laughs> and I'm not trying to get Ron Zook fired, but, he should not be coaching special teams on the Packers. Very diplomatically worded. I can't remember. I can't remember a team that looks every game to have like some near disaster on special teams. Just quite uncorrected as bad as failures the Packers. every week. Um, and with players who know better or should know better. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Ron Zook, 
See you later. You know, I, I listen sometimes to, uh, because I am a glutton for punishment, I listen to the press conferences that he gives like every other week. And the only thing I can think of, the reason that he's still around, is that he seems like a really nice guy and like a fun guy to talk to. Yeah, <laughs> but- I mean, like he's, you know, he seems like a cool guy. He water skis. He's not Winston Moss. <laughs> he doesn't update his Twitter. Yeah. I think he's still got like Coach of the Gators or something on there. He's got something on there yeah. that's like totally outdated. Former head coaching gig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, zippy. you know, like he seems like a good dude. But, you know, this team is just stale and needs a lot of fresh blood. Um, yeah, his, I think the his maybe the most at this point. <laughs> the writing's on the wall with that one, man. I'm like, there's a lot of stuff that's going down that last. Their Packers are home that final Sunday. Yeah, they're hosting the Lions. I think on December 30th. Some people like at 1 p.m. That'll Eastern, be their last time in the building at like 4:25 p.m. Eastern on uh, December 30th. Like Ron Zook's office is beginning to be packed up, right? Or maybe like during the game. <laughs> like, I don't even know. Yeah, uh, there's gonna be a lot of goodbyes on New Year's. It's going to be like kind of sad, but also I'm very much looking forward to a lot of it. So yeah. uh, I will say that. Anyway, Packers now have the New York Jets who are like the Packers just playing for pride. And a lot of people are debating whether or not Aaron Rodgers should play. So why don't we have that debate? Because um, I'm I'm thinking to myself like, yeah, I, I think we all would probably agree there's not much upside that could come out of Rodgers playing, right? There is some inherent risk, but he is getting paid to play football. And I also think it's hard to ask like, everyone knows Joe Philbin is not going to be the next head coach, right? But it's also hard to, like, ask him to kind of, like, be the guy who's supposed to put Deshaun Kaiser on display when he's not, he has got nothing at stake with Deshaun Kaiser long term. Like, if he, if he thinks he's a candidate for this job, and he probably hopes to be, even though he has to understand, like, I'm not real. It's hard to turn off, I guess, is what I'm, like, trying to say. Like, in, like, a 16-game season where there's, like, everyone's playing for jobs, everybody's, like, trying to prove something. I think it's really hard to make a choice to go to Deshaun Kaiser knowing full well, like what that means. And that's just that, like getting the result is probably not going to happen. The season's over though. The result is, the result is there. Yeah. The season is done. Yeah. But every, this is like, this sounds like a coach, but like every Sunday is like its own, like its own interview, you know, like, I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to be like, like, I don't think Rogers should play here. Okay. So we're agreed on that. But like, Look, I agree. That it's more complicated than that. It's, yeah. It is, except that if you, if okay, so let's take a step back from the individual egos of the people involved and look at what's better for the Packers in literally every scenario. No, Rogers better, not playing. Is it better for the Packers to have a bet a higher draft choice? Yes. Yes. Is it better for the Packers to know what they have in Deshaun Kaiser? Yes. Yes, particularly because they want, probably want to start thinking about drafting a quarterback. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they need to know whether or not Deshaun Kaiser is capable of being a backup next year, whether he's had any progress this season. Is it better for Aaron Rodgers to not get hurt? <laughs> yes. yes. Further injury would, would suck. Is it better for... Uh, I had something else. But Especially maybe. behind that offensive line. Yeah, like, I mean, so, like, those are all on their own, to me, enough reasons to start Deshaun Kaiser. There's nothing to play for except a better draft pick. And I'm not saying tank, but I'm saying there's absolutely no reason to risk injury. You know, if good teams don't risk their players in 15 and 16 if they're going to the playoffs, like why should bad teams risk their good players 15 and 16 if they know they're going to need them moving forward? Right. Aaron Jones is on IR. I'm sure he could maybe play if he needed to. To play devil's advocate, because uh, I think that we are all in agreement I'll shout out uh, listener Ted, who emailed us at the ABC Hi, podcast Ted. at gmail.com uh, for 
um, sort of inspiring us with, with this topic. But he said the only reason that he sees to play Rodgers is to give the young receivers more reps with him. And I think that there is maybe something to that. I think that was him also playing devil's advocate to himself because I think sure. that he also does not think that, that Rodgers should, should start. But I don't know. I want to offer that up to you guys because we talked about it a little bit uh, in, uh, in the lead up to sitting down here. But in, in the, in the post-CBA era, you don't get that much opportunity to develop chemistry to to run your plays. You only, you get less padded practices than there are games in the season, right? Is that right? You get I mean, like it's 14? close, probably. Yeah, it's something ridiculous. But so, I mean, I'm, I'm you know I'm obviously not a professional football player. There's a bunch of reasons I'm not a professional football player. But do I really believe? <laughs> Let's list a few. Do I really believe that? You know, Aaron Rodgers is hurt, right? We're all agreed on that already. In right? like at least three ways. He was grimacing the whole game. <laughs> That's something that you also didn't see, I guess. But he's like grimacing the whole game. He's missing throws. Like, do I really think that two games of harried bullshit, like, <laughs> like, do I think that that's more important than a healthy, like, productive, entire, like, we're putting in a new offense with a new coach yeah. kind of offseason? I don't think it's as important. Like... You don't, right. you don't want him back there while they figure out if Alex Light can play football? <laughs> no, it's like the team needs to know. Like, Oh, wait, never mind. He's suspended. Yeah, I just I just don't see any upside. And like, if I'm thinking rationally, I don't see any upside. Yeah. yeah. There's so much potential downside, and yeah. there's so little potential upside. And I think another thing, too, is like, do do we even believe in the notion that there's carryover year over year? Like if some team like and they exactly. always talk we always talk about like bad teams that like finish well, right? Like, oh, I they won their that, last two games. Like that is that really gonna carry over into 2019? Now, like the chemistry thing with the young receivers, I guess, is a conversation starter. But the other thing I would say is like, we also have no idea if those young receivers are going to factor in in a big way next year. Like, yeah, they've been pretty good. I'm also not willing to sit here and say. That as guys that didn't draft, uh, uh, you know, invest a ton of draft capital in, that if they see an upgrade in the offseason, these guys aren't going to be battling for like fifth and sixth on the depth chart because receivers still a position, still, fucking still, that I feel like outside of Devontae Adams, they don't have anything that excites you. Like they have some qualities within these guys. I'm like maybe weirdly excited by Alan Lazard. <laughs> Wait, really? He was a really highly touted. He was supposed to be like a top five wide receiver draft choice this year. Uh, and he just didn't he get active. He didn't get drafted at all. I think they ha he has to be active. I think because they signed him off somebody else's practice yeah, they, squad. Well, yeah. Um, he doesn't have to be active. I, but he, he doesn't has have to be, be active the for the game. No, yeah, he's yeah. Gonna, yeah, he's on the active roster. They signed him off the Jags practice yeah, squad. Yeah, he's but. somebody I want to see get some looks. Like get yeah. some burn on Tanyan and get some burn on yeah. you know time for the youth academy to get some love here. even let's, let's uh, even jamon moore yeah. you know like figure out what you got get rid of what you don't need can you envision a scenario where deshaun kaiser is the next starting quarterback of the packers you mean after rogers this Post, season yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah it's not hard yeah you know i guess i'm like coming around on he's it. who's there like, now, <laughs> like now, now that we talk more i'm like huh do I want to see Deshaun Kaiser on Sunday? Like, would I, would I do. I, would I be pretty pumped up I about mean, imagine, watching Kaiser? Remember how you felt about when you thought Brent Hundley, Brett Hundley was good and you'd get excited for preseason games because yeah. you wanted to see Brett Hundley? Like, that's how I feel about yeah. week 16 <laughs> in the NFL. We're, we're, like, sitting here, like, finally not Scott Tolzine. Like, yeah. we got Hundley. No, oh, I'm curious. God. season of Hundley. I want to we like, oh. see. Like, look, if you were a Chiefs fan last year, like, you're excited for that game that Mahomes comes in at the end of the season. Oh, of course, Are, yeah. You think they're sitting around being like, oh, I wish Alex Smith would have played. Yeah. No. 
<laughs> I had successfully erased Scott Tolzien from my memory, so thank you for bringing that I believe rushing back. Scott you Tolzien, forgot the spin? I'll never forget the <laughs> I damn believe spin. Scott Tolzien was just drafted into that new weird yeah. quasi-NFL uh-huh. league. Uh-huh. Um, oh, like the Bill Poli- The USSF or, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Is it Bill Poli- The American like running like some... We Stand for the Anthem football league? No, no, no. It's, no, that's it, the it's XFL. Like tied, it's tied to the NFL. It's like yeah. a spring league. It's like Brad right. Childress is coaching. It's all in the oh, South. Oh, chilly. Okay. I think Bill Polian has involvement, and he started it. Uh, Phil Savage, I think, is like also running. He used to run the Senior Bowl. It's um, supposed to be like kind of affiliated with the NFL. It's not going to compete directly. Yeah, um, it's like a spring league kind of thing, right? It's a spring league. It's going to be. I think I re- I read that it's going to be heavily tilted towards gambling and fantasy, which I can't tell if that's good or bad. But uh, but like I I, lo- I looked at their draft. Good. I looked at their draft, and <laughs> Tolzien's in it. Um, I think uh, Josh. Johnson or whoever is the guy who's playing for Washington right now was oh, actually he's in that dra- league, but he he's was, also in the NFL. He was drafted in that league, I believe, as the first overall. Um, anyway, yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. I, I I'm on team like let the kids play. Yeah, that's what I want. Fair enough. Uh, all right. Well, we didn't talk much about the defensive side of the ball, but later this week we are going to be talking to Justice Mosqueda, uh, one of our couple of film gods and friends of show, and we're going to probably focus in on the defense because he's got some differing opinions than us. We we tend to be uh, some Mike Pettin lovers. Uh, some of us have even uh, kind of warmed up to the idea of him being the next head coach of the Packers. Justice is very much uh, not of that opinion. So we are going to uh, we're going to talk to him later this week. Keep an eye out for that. Do we have a, a pick em update as we come to the last couple of weeks? A couple of people battling it out for a uh, prize to be named later. Yes, we do have a Pick'em update in the APC podcast listener Pick'em League. Say my name. Nick Varley, still in first place. You're goddamn right. He has been leading for, I think, the majority of the season at this point. The top five really hasn't changed much. Nick Varley, Kyle Clifton, I am in third. Lauren Summer is slightly behind me. And breaking into the top five, the dark horse last year's winner, Victor from Brazil, Victor Alvis. So that is your update. Got a couple weeks left. Can Nick hold off Kyle Clifton in the last, the home stretch of the season? We shall find out. We uh, we will. All right. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening. If you're kind of new to the show and you haven't subscribed or left a review on iTunes, please do so. Uh, thanks a lot and stay tuned later this week for a conversation with Justice Mosqueda about Mike Pettin and why he may or may not be a good fit in Green Bay. See you later. Hello, you're listening to Simone de Rochefort, one of the hosts of The Polygon Show. It's a show all about the video games that you'll never have time to play, brought to you by four friends who are just as passionate about food, soft drinks, and TV shows as we are about video games. Every Friday, we bring you a new hour of personal stories, like how we found the best way to play Yakuza 0, Or even what happens when you play so much Zelda that you hurt your hands and can't play games anymore.
Above all, we just have a really good time talking about the games that we love. Check out the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher. You can also find us at Polygon Show on Twitter and send a tweet to say hi. Thanks for listening.